IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Tonight is the festival of Sukkot. It's a weird one. We know that. It, uh, it is a, it, it's odd. We do very, very strange things as we tend to do, but, uh, helping us through this and trying to understand maybe some of the spiritual side, maybe some of the beauty in it is Rabbi Lorne Friedman. He's the rabbi of Yeshiva Mizrahi community. He's a teacher at Yeshiva College High School. Uh, Rabbi Alon Friedman, a very good morning. How are you? Good morning, uh, Howard. Good morning, team. Good morning, listeners. It's absolutely wonderful being here in studio today. As Howard said, there is uh, so much to look forward to over this yont of period. Uh, for those who remember, we've just been through the intensity of the days of awe. Nah, we didn't remember that, huh? It was easy for some of us. It, it wasn't. I hear that, Howard. Work, I hear huh? that, Howard. Uh, you did great, Howard. You really you. did. Thank you. You see, Makunda, that comes from a rabbi, a real rabbi. But that song is still beautiful. It really okay, is. Okay, fine. Fair enough. Right. So, so what, what is Sukkot? <clears throat> so Sukkot, it's a very interesting, is that as you said, there's uh, many reasons that we've implemented and we celebrate Sukkot. Uh, Sukkot, but I just want to go into a couple of just to understand them because the messaging and what we can take out of it, Howard, I think, I think is something very important. You know, Sukkot in the Torah is called Zman Simchatainu. It's the uh, time of our rejoicing, our time of our happiness. And happiness is uh, a universal pursuit. Everyone wants to be happy. Mm-hmm. And what is happiness? What is happiness? What do we do? How do we try to connect? How do we become happy? And there's two components to Sukkot that I feel that really creates that relationship with happiness, relationship with elation, and really trying to connect. You know, what are the two things that happened over Sukkot this period? Number one, in ancient Israel, it was the time where people used to go out and gather their crops. Throughout the season, they used to let their crops grow. And straight after the Sukkot period, they used to go gather their crops. And therefore, what does a person need to do? It's a person needs to go about and show gratitude. person really needs to show thanks. You need to be able to go and you need to be able to say, listen, God, you've given me what I've needed. There needs to be an element of spiritual connection. There needs to be an element of gratitude. That's the one component. So, so you're saying gratitude gives us happiness? I think when a person is really grateful, a person feels an element of happiness. I think when people don't necessarily understand what goes on around them, they can't feel that sense of gratitude because if people look around them, there's so much goodness that goes on, mm, so much goodness. Mm, some mm. you're cognizant of, some you're not cognizant of. But if a person truly stands back and realizes how much good they have in their life, it will bring a person to an element of elation, which I think is so important. Okay. There's another reason that we celebrate Sukkot. You know, when the Jews left the desert, leaving mm-hmm. Egypt, they needed some sort of protection from the elements and what god made them create was god made them create these booths these tabernacles i'm sure if you drive around the Glen hazel area you see these uh, booths these uh, mm, flimsy yeah. looking booths with leaves on top of it and that's what the jews stayed in during the desert and the question is why do we have it during this period we sit in the sukkah we sit in these booths in order to commemorate the fact that the god took us out of egypt and give us, gave us this protection of these booths but if it's about taking us out of egypt surely we should be doing it during pesach time where the whole story of the exodus of egypt took effect why are we doing it now it's a few months mm-hmm. later and i think the idea is the following howard is if you look at the climate during pesach time it's summer it's beautiful mm. you've got hot weather it's beautiful. All you want to do is go sit outside and you want to immerse in the beauty of the outside. But if you look at Eretz Yisrael at this moment in time, we're heading into the winter time. We're heading into the rainy time. Going out of your comfort zone in your house during summer 
is something that you want to do. Why? Mm. Because mm. it's part and parcel of being there and of relaxing. what you would want to do You would anyway. want to do anyway. You're not mm. showing the glory of the actual festival itself. Right. But when it's rainy, when it's miserable, when it's difficult, when a person needs to have an element of self-sacrifice to show his gratitude and love and appreciation of the fact that God gave us these incredible booths in the desert, that's something we do during this period. We do it at a time that's inconvenient in order to show our love and connection. So, the, again, it comes back, if we link happiness, we're linking happiness to faith and to commitment. You know, I think happiness, there's three F's when it comes to happiness. I'm scared, you know. You ready? No, I'm ready. Write this down, Makundi. Number yeah. one, uh-huh. family, right. friends, uh-huh. and faith. Well, you don't know some of my friends, but okay. Fair so, some say funds, but I think that's a different discussion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think a lot of our listeners would say uh, friends, funds, and what was the first, last one? Faith. Faith. And uh, so, okay, so seriously, it is family, friends, and faith. Those and faith. are your your three elements of of happiness. And I think we've got, we seem to be a little mixed up today in terms of what happiness is i think so i think so as well um you know i think happiness is uh, is 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 more individualistic than objective is that some people think that other people's happiness creates an element of happiness within themselves but a person needs to be true to themselves a person really needs to understand that happiness is individual is that some people go through a lot of pain a lot of uh, hardships and for them just the simple component of waking up in the morning doing things that are so simple seemingly so mundane that is an element of happiness that mm, is an element mm. that happens to people. It doesn't have to be the large, extravagant uh, parties and uh, being away. Is that you need to come down to your roots. This whole festival is, is really, it's very primitive. We shake trees. Yeah, we sit under trees. Break, it's very, very uh, primitive. Yeah. And it also shows something that's, that's very important. If you look at Sukkot, is Sukkot shows us that we're not self-reliant. That everything has to come from a higher being. After we've gone and collected our crops, which represents our wealth, represents mm-hmm. who we are, the first thing that we do is we leave our homes. We go sit outside in something that's flimsy to show us that we work hard and we need to put in that effort. And we need to make sure that we engage with the working world because we can't be reliant on miracles. But it also sh- shows that we go out after we've collected our wealth, our crops, into something that's flimsy because only God is the true protection. God gives us an understanding that when we leave our house, when we under his care and his protection, that's where truth wealth comes. That's where a person's true income comes from. Why? Obviously, the effort has to come into existence, but a person needs to understand that it comes from a greater being. And that's what we're also celebrating. If a person tr- truly understands that whatever they do in life is coming from God, then whatever they do and whatever they get, there's going to be an element of happiness. Because everything is going to be mm. given mm. by God. A sign of your faith and your reward. It is 8.43. Uh, we're going to take ads. We're going to take some music. We're going to be back with Rabbi Alon Friedman talking about Sukkot. If you have any questions, any thoughts, uh, let us know. 34519 or 0618951019. Good morning. Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. Yidan Reichel with Lama Kacha Atzuva. Why are you so sad? Why indeed when it's a, you know, Makundi, that's really a poor choice if one thinks about it. Because Sukkot is a festival of happiness. 
and you're playing for us why you're so sad. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If these things happen, I happen to like that song. So we are going to let that go. Rabbi Lon Friedman joining me in studio, Rabbi of the Yeshiva Mizrahi community, uh, talking about Sukkot. So if I can just ask you, what's this whole concept of the schach? Schach are those leaves. I think it, it looks like everybody uses palm leaves. Uh, that seems to be the standard. I remember as a kid, we used others as well. I don't know if it was blue gum or there was something else that we used to use. Um, but uh, primarily today we're using palm leaves, right? Right. What's the point? I was actually uh, on my way to the studio. I was in the car with my son, Yoni. Mm-hmm. Um, and he asked me, Dad, so what can we use? Can we use uh, apple leaves? And the truth of the matter is, is that any natural leaf that's been detached from the tree a person can use. Practically, we just use the palm tree. I thought we couldn't use fruit, a fruit uh, a branch. If it's detached from the tree, there's not a problem with the godstit. If it's detached. Okay. The issue at hand is that if it's attached, then it's still go, it's going to create a problem. Mm-hmm. But anything that's detached, the person can use it over one's tree, um, over one's sukkah in order to give us the shade. And what is the schach? See, if you look at the, the, uh, sukkah itself, the uh, sukkah represents an element of protection and the protection comes from the schach. The schach is the main component. And what is the main component? The main component that we're dealing with is the protection from above. Right. And if you look at the schach, why is the schach so important? Because the schach shows us that the festival of Sukkot is the great equalizer. We're talking about this element of happiness and what creates devastation community when people try and be like somebody else, when people try to compare who they are to somebody else. And because of that... What do we do? We're trying to provoke an element of simcha, an element of happiness. Whether you're rich, whether you're poor, whether your background is one of poverty, whether your background is one of success, it is the exact equalizer because everyone comes and sits in the same flimsy booth. There's no difference. It shows us that it's all coming and it's all stemming from one component, and that is God. You know, what's so important is that if you look at schach, schach needs to be the predominant element of shade. You can't right. have shade from any other component. Right. When you sit in the sukkah during the day, you can't necessarily notice the schach. And why is that so? Mm-hmm. That is so because you see the sunlight shining through it. Right. right. But when you go into the sukkah at night where it's dark, where it's a little bit more miserable, a little bit mm-hmm. more cold, mm-hmm. that's where you see the schach. And if the schach is representative of Hashem's protection, that's when we know that Hashem is with us. Obviously, Hashem's with us when the sun is out and we're seeing that glory of Him. We're seeing the incredible goodness in our life. But when it's dark, when it's a little bit broken outside, when it's a little bit cold, and you go out and you look at the schach, that's where it's predominant. And that's what the Torah is telling us as well. That's why schach is so important. Because it shows us that Hashem's protection is recognizable even in the dark times, even when it's challenging to see that. Very, very interesting indeed, and uh, and uh, an amazing thought. I like that a lot. It seems to be Sukkot seems to be a very uh, social festival, whereas Rosh Hashanah is is you know it's a, a lot of time in synagogue in shul. Uh, Yom Kippur obviously is a, is a very personal. Sorry, how would everything time. for you is a social festival? Just by the way. Wow! Wow! Wow, who exactly? Harry, did you invite this guy into studio? Um, okay, well, that is a bad thing. No, I actually think it's a very good thing. I actually think it's a very good thing. Um, yeah, yeah, some people go to synagogue to pray. I go to talk. Uh, so there we go. So, um, uh, that, that's not f- it's really fully true, but, but 
largely. Right. Um, so, so this festival, is it, a, is it meant to be a social festival? I think it's definitely meant to be a social festival. You know, we were going to speak about the, uh, the four components of the uh, leaves we shake. The Torah describes that when it comes to the first day of the festival, there are many, um, there are many Items that a person needs to bring together in order to shake. Mm-hmm. There's the leaves, there's the myrtle leaf, there's the citron. One brings them together. And what is the component of bringing them together? Because if you look at all the different fruits that you bring together in order to shake, what does it represent? It represents the different personalities of people. That everybody is different. Everyone's connection is different. Everyone has a way that they can connect. And you bring them together to show they're under one banner. We bring them together to show that when it comes to this element of Judaism is that you can go about and express it in different ways. Obviously, it needs mm, to be in the mm. correct framework, but everyone doesn't have to be the exact same. Everyone can express it in a different way, and that's why we shake these leaves. Now, it's important to note that that is the component of the social economics coming together. Just like we bring everything together with regards to Sukkot, why is it that we invite people over? Mm, why is it mm. that we go about and we create big parties? You know, during the uh, intermediary days between the Yom Tov, the actual festival itself, we have something called the Simchas Bay Sasha We have parties. And why during this period itself? Because it's a time of gathering. It's a time of getting together. That every single different person, every single different component needs to come together in order to make sure that they're connected and they're under one banner. Because everybody can access Judaism in their way, which is so important. A very, very nice thought. Uh, before we uh, before we wrap it up, the there was this incredible shortage this year of the lulavim and uh, etrogim. We spoke about I spoke to you about it uh, before I spoke about it on air. Uh, we we encouraged people to and synagogue shuls to have communal sets. How, how's that gone? Are, are you finding a lot of your community members didn't uh, didn't uh, manage to get this year? What is the position? So I just want to tell you, my my, my mentor, Rabbi Avram Tanza, whose yotzach was on the Motzei Yom Kippur, he always mm-hmm. used to tell me the story when he got to South Africa for the first time. There were always three sets in South Africa. One set belonged to the rabbi. Right. One set belonged to the chazan because he needed to shake for everyone. Right. And one set was for the community. Yeah, That's how it was for mm, so many mm. years. Thank God we lived in a privileged society where we're able to have our own arbaminim. We're able to have our own lavim and etrogim. And there seems to be some sort of a source shortage this year for, for numerous reasons. We don't have to go into it right now. But uh, what I'm encouraging the community to do is share. Mm, mm. Because the first day of Sukkot happens to be on a Shabbat, we don't hold the lulav and etrog. We don't take these mm, species. Mm. We take it for the first time on a Sunday. So therefore, there are leniencies involved. And a person can use someone else's lulav and etrog. I feel it's not only about using. I think it's encouraging people to use each other's. When a person is enabling someone else to perform a mitzvah, to perform a commandment, to come closer, there's no greater simcha than that. Being there for others. And I think that's not only today is that uh, I think there's a shortage. I think it teaches us an incredible message of how we need to interact with community as well. I think it's something that we need to take into the Chag. It's something that we need to take into the festival. That don't look at yourselves. Look at the broader community. Look at your friends. Look at your family. Look at so many people are out there. Help them. Connect with them. Make sure that they're able to be catalysts in order to perform what they're able to perform. And uh, that is where we leave it. Jason says, Jason says, just imagine if you were sensitive to the comments of the rabbi. Hardly. It is 8.55. I'm Howard Feldman. Good morning.